Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? Good Tuesday afternoon. So little to get into and so much time to talk about it. Wait, strike that. Reverse it. Welcome to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. Audio will be up later on the podcast channel, available wherever podcasts are, whether it's iHeart, whether it is Spotify, Apple. Help me out, SP3. All of, all of them. Wherever. All yeah, that good stuff. All, all that good stuff. We are we are everywhere, but you can guarantee every Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday, we're going to be here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit that subscribe button if you're new to the show. And uh, we, we got a lot to dive into. It feels like it's been SP3 like eight weeks <laughs> since we've been on the air. Like so much has changed since we were on the air with T-Mac doing our draft recap and backlash prediction show which i think we all kind of nailed except for the few shout outs to to evan t-mac because uh he he looked at me like i was bugging when i said i was gonna bring it up i was gonna bring it up legacy vibe legacy vibe legacy vibe you know here's the thing right because i was gonna give you your moment you know when we when we get to uh our, uh, our our sponsor read here. I was going to give you your moment in the sun. I am so glad though, because sometimes it's, it's not about what you say. It's what you don't say. Cause when you said Lakers in five, I almost said, and Knicks in six. And that is why I don't talk about the NBA. <laughs> and of course, of course it should, it should have been me, the guy from New York who said, who would say something, you know, <laughs> A positive about the Knicks, but if you don't know, now you know. My mom was a light has been a lifelong Knicks fan, so to always to create some you know drama in the house. I've never been a Knicks fan. I've always <laughs> rooted against the Knicks, and uh, wasn't really surprised by the three one deficit they are now facing. Yeah, they they look absolutely lifeless. I wasn't expecting them to beat Cleveland, and they showed me some things when they beat mm-hmm. Cleveland. I'm like, okay. Facing an eight seed in Miami, had to get in the play in. I'm like, I'm liking their chances. I think they won game one, didn't they? Or they won game one or one two? They won. They won game two. But yeah. funny, funny enough, I would say Miami Heat is the greatest eight seed in the NBA playoffs since, since the 1999 New York Knicks. Yeah, that was about the last time I watched the NBA regularly. Was back when like the Jordan lockout played. season. But back when like Jordan, played, like 98 when Jordan walked off. I'm like. Because we in Cincinnati, we don't have a team. My team now plays in Sacramento. So, and that's like you their know, you third. Can't, you can't root for the Cavs? Can't huh? root for the Cavs? Ohio I've based? Tried. I've tried. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cincinnati and Ohio, it's like we're, we're oil and water, man. Cincinnati, we're really like the our own annexation. You know, we're our own area. And it's Cincinnati and then the rest of Ohio. We're just so different. It's weird. But I digress. If you want to bet on the NBA playoffs, I would go ahead and pick the Lakers. If you want to bet on the Knicks to come back, betonline.ag 
they're your place to do it. They're the number one source for all your basketball information. Stats, news, scores, they got it all. Get the latest odds, lines, including latest player reports for this year's NBA playoffs. NHL playoffs have been fantastic so far. Major League Baseball is in full swing. Head to Bet Online. They're the fastest and easiest way to get all of the information you need, plus live betting options, favorite casino games, card games. It's all right there from your fingertips. Go to the website or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Just make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that is spelled B L E A V. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. You'll also be able to bet on AEW Double or Nothing, which is something we will cut talk about here coming up in a little bit. Thank you guys so much for joining in on the chat. What is up, Safet and Ozzy and Noob uh, and Frantic World and Santo? Yes, hope all is well. Uh, for everybody out there in the Believe in Pro Wrestling universe, again, if you're new to the program, make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate your support. SP3, uh, there's, again, so much has changed since we were last on the air. Backlash seems like it happened a week ago at this point, uh, but let, we're going to dive into a lot of that because what an absolutely chaotic scene. That was in the best way possible out in San Juan, Puerto Rico backlash. And then we get that cold bitch slap of reality. When we come back to Jacksonville last night for Monday night raw and that crowd could not, not even hold a candle to that crowd in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I can't wait for them to go back. I will say this much. I, next time WWE is in Puerto Rico for a major event. I'm going, I'm finding a way to get there. I need, I need that, that atmosphere coursing through my veins that is for sure but our lead story cody rhodes defeats brock lesnar in the main event of backlash he has entered into the world heavyweight title tournament last night triple threat match going up against the miz and finn balor i believe cody rhodes was after seth rollins had already moved on brock lesnar attacks cody takes him out finn balor was able to uh, capitalize. He wins the match. He moves on to the finals to face Seth Rollins and Lesnar challenges Cody Rhodes to a fight after he, he, he stole Chad Gable's line and said, look at this face. Look what you did to me after you bloodied me up. I loved a lot about what they did at backlash with Brock and Cody. I think this makes a ton of sense to keep Cody Rhodes out of the world heavyweight title picture, even though he said he wanted to win it. I think we both agree he should not be the guy to win it. He should still be the guy to beat Roman. I'm, I will bang on this desk until that finally happens or they go in another direction. I love so much of what they did. Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes, they're going to fight in some kind of a match at Night of Champions. I definitely think that that was the right move to make. And Seth Rollins moving on to the finals of the World Heavyweight Title Tournament. I think that makes a ton of sense as well. Yeah, this was the the large chunk of what they dedicated to time during Monday Night Raw last night, too. And this was the best stuff on the show. Everything uh, in comparison, everything else on the show felt very flat and inconsequential compared to everything going on with the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament and with Brock Lesnar. I would say that they got it nearly perfect with Brock and Cody. If Cody was going to win, that was the fashion in which he was supposed to win. Him yeah. running away afterwards, uh, not the <laughs> best decision. And I came off a little bit flat in comparison to another match that was on the Backlash card that probably should have main evented. Ain't, but ain't, no, ain't no probably about it. It, it I, I, I got I, I got some I got some information from somebody that was there a part of the media that we'll touch on when we get to that. But okay. uh Brock and Cody 
I think that I said this during our preview show last week. I said that this would be one of two or three matches. And here we are going into the second match at Night of Champions. Now, are they going to further put over Cody Rhodes and have him get a second victory over Brock Lesnar? That is my big question here. Because in my eyes, if they do that, then what the hell is going to stop Cody Rhodes from going after Roman Reigns sooner rather than later if he gets two back-to-back victories over Brock Lesnar? Like, the whole story to this whole thing is that Brock has had a stranglehold on the main event scene, and Cody has come in and thrusted himself into yeah. that scene, and Brock Lesnar is kind of territorial of, don't walk on my my lawn. You used to work, you used to live on another block in another street, and now you're on my street, and you're stepping on my lawn. You need to get off of it. And if Cody once again punks out Brock and beats him again, this time in a fight at Night of Champions, you have to tell me that they're doing Cody and Roman too at SummerSlam. That is the that is the latest they could do it if he gets yeah. two back-to-back victories over Brock Lesnar. And that may telegraph what their plans are at Money in the Bank because I know Cody is over on Raw and they are doing a strict brand split. And Kind of. Trick is a, is a very much of a strength. They have, they have three SmackDown agents. women's champion is on Raw. Yeah, and you know, this is something we'll talk about. Really kind of like no mention of a title swap or or anything. You think they would have announced that by now. Maybe they announced some kind of plan, some celebratory plan for Bianca Belair on Friday, and then they'll mention it there because congratulations to her. She is now the longest reigning women's champion of the modern era. She's only like 40 days away from passing Trish Stratus. So I hate, I would hate for them to do a title swap because she could easily get there. You want to eliminate longest reigning women's champion of the modern era. Just make her the longest reigning women's champion by rebranding the title. So maybe we'll find out something on that uh, coming up on Friday. I I talked about it already at nauseum over the last two weeks. I hate the idea of a title swap, period, end of story. But the money in the bank is the key to all of this. Um, If Cody wins the money in the bank and if they keep the rules as they have been in the past, which isn't always the case with WWE, he can challenge either champion at any time on either brand. That has always typically been the case. We've seen that with the, the women's titles. Uh, we saw with the women's titles last year, right? Like everybody thought Liv Morgan was going to come in and cash in on, on Bianca Belair at the end of her match. And then she comes in and she cashes in uh, on Ronda Rousey. If memory serves correct, Liv Morgan was a member of the Raw roster and then moved over to the SmackDown roster once she did that. So there's there's your caveat. Now, I don't want Cody to come in through the back door and, and sneak up and beat Roman, but Cody is the kind of guy, if he wants to end the story, finish his story, which should and always be win the WWE championship, he can beat Brock in Saudi Arabia, win the Money in the Bank contract, and then call his shot and challenge Roman for the WWE Universal Championship at SummerSlam. And I think that would be the way to go. If he loses against Brock, oh, hell, he ain't getting that shot until next year at WrestleMania, if he gets it at all. Now, conceivably, he could still win money in the bank, but I don't, I I feel like if Cody's going to be the guy to beat Roman within the next few months, he's got to keep winning. Like, and that's why I liked him winning. And I loved him winning in the fashion that he did win at, 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 uh, at backlash. And I didn't even care that he ran away at the end. He was, he got his ass whooped. He was in a spot where he was going to lose 
and he out-wrestled Brock and snuck out and got the victory, and he was like, I've already had my ass beat. I'm done. I got what I got the most important part of what I came for here, which was a win, and let me get the hell out of Puerto Rico before I get my ass whooped further. And then he got his ass whooped further in Jacksonville. He's a baby face, baby face running away. I will never be, I will never say that's the right, right decision ever. Especially if you're going to be the lead baby face and eventual undisputed universal champion. I never think it's a wise decision to have him run away. And I wouldn't even say Cody Rose got his ass kicked in the matchup. If you really think about it, he jumped Brock before the bell, hit him with a couple of chair shots and the steel steps. He, oh. he busted Brock open with the exposed yeah. turnbuckle. He, he, he hit he hit the crossroads a few times twice on him like he he it was a it was as even or even one-sided not in favor of Brock Lesnar of any other Brock Lesnar match outside of the Omos match which was pretty much a John Cena Brock Lesnar match it was I'm gonna get my butt kicked and put this giant over before I do my what was really two moves of doom but I do it five times uh the suplex and then and then f5 yeah, uh, and I this was, you know, you myself and 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 T Mac when we ran down the card last week, we we all pretty much were on the same page with how things were going to go. We pretty much nailed a lot of the matches. This is the one that I flat out got wrong. I thought Cody was going to straight up get right. his ass whooped and get the the John Cena type level treatment, and then have to climb that ladder of adversity once again, and then get his win over him at. But, but funny enough, he is following the John Cena template, but just not the John Cena template we thought he would be following. He's following the 2012 uh, John Cena template of lose to an NOIE family member at WrestleMania, get beat down by Brock Lesnar on the Raw after WrestleMania, and then beat Brock Lesnar at the following pay-per-view. That's exactly what John Cena did. The only thing is that he's getting a second match with Brock Lesnar, and he's not facing Adam Pearce like John Cena faced John Laronitis. <laughs> I forgot all about that for very, very, very good reasons. Uh, Andrew Dunn saying it's really funny how they're just casually sidestepping the women's title situation. I don't know if they're sidestepping it more than I'll, maybe they haven't made a final decision on what they want to do. They, right, they like clearly, the way they, they wanted Rhea on Raw, they wanted Bianca on Friday. Maybe they're waiting until Bianca, ha like I said, has that moment where they announce a title celebration and then they finally announce what it is they're going to do. We all assume it's going to be a title swap, but at least the fact that they haven't said anything yet, SP3 gives me hope they got something else up their sleeve. I, I get what Andrew's saying because they kind of did casually sidestep it. Like they acknowledged that she's the SmackDown woman champion, yeah. but they didn't, they, you know, commentary is supposed to be an extension of the fans at home. So I would have wished that either Kevin Patrick or Corey Graves was like, just ask the question of what's management going to do about the fact that the number one sure. overall pick for Raw is the SmackDown Women's Champion, and now our Raw Women's Champion is overall on SmackDown. Just ask the question. It doesn't need to be addressed that night until you sure. figure it out, but commentary Agreed. is an extension of the fans, so I wish that they would have said that. And they're paying attention because a lot of us were asking what's the situation going on with the men's tag team titles, and Michael Cole flat out answered that over the weekend saying, hey, look, they will be able to bounce back and forth between both brands. They reiterated that again on Raw. So they have answered that question. So they are paying a little bit of attention, um, but maybe they just Which, haven't ultimately made a decision yet. Which also makes no sense, because if that's the case, Roman Reigns should be on both shows as well. 
but it's only one championship. So yeah. it's not one championship. <laughs> I didn't mention it last week because we had company. I'm not going to say anything <laughs> to to the to mess up the daddy of this believe house because uh, I'm just the uncle here. But I'm just going to let it clear: is it's now WWE canon because of what Paul Heyman said last week that Roman Reigns has two world titles and maybe he wants a third. So in canon. World heavyweight champion. I already last week. Fight. I already last week said, uh, you know, put you over and said you were right again, and I was wrong again. Do you really just need to keep beating the yes horse at this? Yes, point? I, I need. I need that validation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So we're getting Brock and Cody again. I, I, I love what they're doing here. And again, I agree with keeping Cody out of the world heavyweight title picture. Seth Rollins has advanced to the finals. I even love that Finn Balor was the guy who made it to the semifinals or the technically the quarterfinals last night because it was a callback to the first uh, finals of the universal title picture. Now Seth gets his win back over Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor is going to be in that world heavyweight title picture for months and, and a year and years to come. Same with Damian Priest, by the way. He's a guy we'll talk about here coming up in a minute. Um, the question becomes... Actually, there's two questions. One, why on God's green earth is SmackDown involved in this tournament in the first damn place? And two, who's going to be the guy who faces Seth Rollins at Night of Champions? We will answer both questions coming up in the five count here in just a few minutes. But SP3, let's go back to, to Saturday night, Puerto Rico. Absolutely incredible scene. The, the atmosphere was off the charts. Everybody everybody was getting reactions it was so cool to hear just raucous loud uno dos trace every single three count they were in it they loved it it was it was the atmosphere you would expect at a super bowl if they actually allowed real fans at the super bowl right that's that's what you were getting in puerto rico and then my goodness man just the hometown pops and the reactions if if you didn't tear up, and I will gladly admit it, if you didn't tear up watching Zelina Vega get introduced and then getting her curtain call after she lost to Rhea Ripley, you don't have a soul. I'm sorry. You just don't. If you didn't get goosebumps watching Bad Bunny enter that arena like the damn rock star that he is, it was absolutely insane. One of the best entrances, him rolling down with the Raven WCW cart full of full of goodies, ready to just wreak havoc on Damian Priest. The matches were great from top to bottom. The crowd reaction was great. Bad Bunny and Zelina Vega welcomed home as heroes. Damian Priest and MVP for the work that he did, and I hopefully there's big things ahead for him. There's a There was a lot to love about what happened at Backlash. There's almost too much to really highlight specifically yeah i mean they did a great job of putting over the puerto rican talent on the roster as well as the special guests zelina vega getting her moment i wish that you know the match would have told the story that they were trying to tell a little bit more and gave them more time. I don't sure. necessarily think that Vega was robbed because I think Rhea Ripley winning was the decision that they were always going to go with. But 
I do think that they could have told more of the story and gotten even more emotion out of that crowd, but it wasn't really about the match per se. It was about the 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 intro and then the post match with that standing ovation. And I don't have a soul, maybe because I didn't cry, but I was very happy for Zelina Vega. You know, being a someone from New York, very very great that she got that opportunity. You had some feels. That, That's that, what I meant. You had some got feels. that reception. Reception that was nice to see and her attire was phenomenal that's the yeah. type of stuff you put into like a wwe kind of museum is her outfit with the puerto rican uh flag uh the damian priest bad bunny is one of the greatest spectacles wwe yeah. has ever put on and bad bunny's entrance is one of the greatest entrances of all time it's one of the greatest entrances of all time, by the way it was shot with the drone and everybody just acting like they were at a concert and yeah. singing the whole song and just giving him a hero's welcome, ridiculous pop like we never heard before. Carlito with that melting uh, hot, you would have thought Stone Cold Steve Austin was coming out in 1998 with the response Carlito got similar that uh, Savio Vega got. And of course, I, I would be amiss if I didn't mention the honorary puerto rican herself eo sky happy birthday eo oh, sky honorary puerto rican who actually got bianca belair one of the most likable baby faces in all of wrestling got her booed i know they loved eo sky that much this puerto rican crowd is a top three top two crowds of all time yeah man i look and i know dave Meltzer says it's all about you know uh tourism checks and you know they're, they're gonna bring in different different acts every year that's fine within the next three years whatever regardless of what kind of check that they, the puerto rico can cut to wwe wwe needs to go back they just need to go but they need it for us i actually even you know same with you here sp3 we're here in the continental united states we prefer things to be in the united states because we can go to them easier anyway I almost prefer watching shows from the UK or Puerto Rico or some of these foreign crowds because they just get into it more that, that, that granted it's a big event backlash and everything, but last night on raw, man, Jacksonville outside of like when Cody was there, the Cody and Brock stuff, man, they were just it was like a snooze fest. Like even in some of the good parts of the show last night, it was a bit of a snooze fest. I, th I thought it was, I didn't think it the crowd in Jacksonville was that bad, but in comparison to the Puerto Rican Puerto crowd, yeah, yeah they're, they're all, any crowd would have looked, they could have been in New York in Madison Square Garden and it would have <laughs> sound, sound, it would have sound just beneath of what they accomplished and what they got out of that Puerto Rican crowd. Yeah. Um, I'll say this much. You, you brought up EO sky and the ovation that she got thrilled for her because I feel like she has not really gotten the kind of reactions that she should be getting. And a lot of that has to come down to the booking of, of what damage control has gotten over the last few months that the, the crowd reaction she got was spectacular. The match delivered 100% for sure for her. And hopefully this creates more opportunities and kind of opens up some more eyes for some people here in the United States who haven't really gravitated toward EO sky. And she gets some more opportunities. Same with Zelina Vega, same for Dakota Kai. Um, if anything, what backlash proved is WWE has got to find more opportunities uh, for these uh, ladies moving forward. And, you know, with people like Becky Lynch, who is out of the title picture for the time being, because she showed up back uh, last night on raw there should be absolutely no reason why they can't find those opportunities. Becky Lynch did return on Monday Night Raw last night. She attacks Trish Stratus after uh, Stratus cut a uh, 
pretty scathing promo, even calling Becky's two-year-old daughter uh, stupid or a dummy, saying she didn't know her colors. And then Mama Bear showed up and beat the holy hell out of Trish Stratus. And then after Becky's mic got cut off, she went backstage and beat up a, a <laughs> and beat up the guy at the soundboard uh, as well. So great to see Becky return last night. She also tweeted out that um, Rue does know her colors, which I thought was a nice touch. She had a nice little video she sent out with Rue going through her colors. So Rue is no dummy. She knows her colors. Everything is great. Um, SP3, though, you look at this, and I'm still wondering, how do we how do we elongate this out to SummerSlam? If that is the the mat, where this match is going to take place, they kind of lucked out in the fact that Becky's been hurt. She had a foot injury, so she needed to take a little bit of time off. So they were able to just cut out a month and you know now pick up where they left off with this but i'm still wondering is there enough meat on the bone to get to SummerSlam? because it kind of feels like these two should just go ahead and fight at night of champions yeah i mean all these all these legends get that big money paycheck when they go to saudi arabia so i wouldn't be surprised if they did like a first match uh between trish and becky at saudi arabia and it's like a two match series where they have their first match in saudi arabia trish can probably win there and then the final blow off will be at SummerSlam. i could see them doing something like that because you know becky returning was a little bit of a surprise even though they kind of telegraphed it oh, a little bit with with everything that they were doing and i wish that they would have told a little bit more of a story in the weeks in between because we just got minor we got that one promo explaining the turn then we got like a minor promo backstage and i don't even think trish was on last week's show really so yeah it wasn't enough of a build to make the the becky lynch uh return i think satisfying for the viewers at home despite that was one of the few times that jacksonville actually reacted big to something and I thought that was the biggest reaction Becky Lynch had made has gotten since her return last November. So I think, yeah, Night of Champions, the first match needs to go down. Yeah, and to Trisha's credit, by the way, she has been doing her best to keep it up on social media, as so many talents do. They try to tell those, fill in the gaps and put the details and put the work in on social media. But if you're a casual audience member and you don't necessarily follow these people on Twitter or you don't pay close enough attention, you don't get all of that. So. And here's the other thing, something we haven't even had a chance to talk about on this show, because I think it happened the week that I had to miss. There are still massive plot holes in this story for Trish Stratish's explanation. I'm waiting for Becky to cut that that promo and just call her out on her BS, which I'm hoping is what she's going to do next week. We'll get back into WWE in just a few minutes, but uh, I, I wanted to take some time to just give Tony Khan and AEW all of their flowers because when they announced that all in was going to be taking place later this summer at Wembley stadium in the UK, 90,000 seats. We said, okay, that's ballsy. What are you going to be able to do SP three? What matches are you going to be able to put together? That is going to pack tens of thousands of people inside of that stadium. That's what both you and I said. And we started running down the cards and the matches. And, oh, well, you got to book CM Punk and FTR versus the Elite if you can get it done. And we named a bunch of other dream match scenarios. I even brought up the idea of bringing Goldberg in for a match. I still think him versus Wardlow makes a ton of sense. But regardless, they didn't even need to do that. They didn't need to book one damn match. Not one. 
The first two days tickets went on sale. They sold 60,000. 60,000 seats, SP3. Is that more of a testament to the product that AEW has put together? The fact that the UK is just starved for these major shows or a combination of both, you think? I think it's a combination of both with how the UK has been starved for major events. This is the first event in AEW history in the UK. That's that's another factor to all of this. And it's and it's also the quality of what AEW has been able to put out there in their four-year existence. If you've been an AEW fan since day one, you've seen them go through the highs and the lows, survive the pandemic, get back in front of crowds and for a long time, especially when they went back in front of crowds in 2021, you go to an AEW event and it felt like a party. And then pre-pandemic, it was the same thing. It just felt like a party. It felt like you were there to have a good time and you always had a good time. You always yeah. saw uh, a match of the year candidate or an absolute banger that you would always remember being there live for. So to have this massive event that you know can have even bigger ramifications with the fact that it hasn't been announced for pay-per-view or Bleach report live and this a lot of analysts and wrestling media like ourselves is predicting that may 17th next wednesday that might be the announcement that aew all in is going to be on the former hbo max now max that is that makes this event even bigger and i could foresee more tickets being sold thanks to that and then eventually they can start putting out the card or just putting out i i saw the idea on social media i totally agree with it i was at the first all in and the things that made me excited about all in on the road to all in was the graphic the graphic of this person their face is all in yeah. Okada was all in. Kenny Omega is all in. The Young Bucks is all in. Cody Rhodes is all in. They need to do stuff like that, and I think they will sell even more tickets. They don't even have to announce a match, and I think they can get close to that 70000 mark. And now, more than ever, I think it is possible for them to sell out Wembley Stadium. Before that happens, we got double or nothing, believe it or not, coming up in what, just a little over two weeks. Only got one match on that card so far. We know what that is. We'll talk about that match coming up here in just a little bit because right now, MJF is a huge, and I'm talking huge favorite. We'll just tell you how much of a favorite coming up here in a few, mo few moments. But first, let's dive into this, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, for those of you who are new to the program, these are the five big questions, at least in our minds, that are facing the world of professional wrestling. I say that loosely, but regardless, these are five big questions. We're going to answer them and run them down right now. Starting with SP3, we, we finally got a little peek behind the curtain of why it is, immediately after the draft came to a close, that SmackDown superstars, six of them, were booked into the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. And Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, says it has everything to do with competing with the NBA playoffs. They wanted to make SmackDown feel like a huge show, so that is why they decided to put on the biggest show that they possibly could and have a World Championship title uh, triple threat, two of them, and then the finals matchup this Friday. Are you buying or selling that as a good enough reason for this uh for smackdown superstars to be involved 
if it's uh, I, I mean it depends on who we're who's buying and selling it. If you're thinking it's a good reason for WWE, yeah, of course I'm buying that. If you're thinking it's a good reason for the fans who had to sit through two freaking nights, five hours of the WWE draft for them to basically go back on everything they've said about this World Heavyweight Championship, <laughs> then I'm selling. So it's a little bit in the middle. I would say a push. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. I. I might probably should have uh, worded this question a little bit differently um i'll say it's it's taking advantage of some low-hanging fruit i'll agree with you it's it's in the middle because you could still book a monster show and get people to tune in without doing the title tournament matches you could you know the simplest thing they could have done is Roman Reigns will finally confront the Usos. Now, I know they've promoted that Roman Reigns return, but if they promoted the for the first time since them losing the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships in the ring, Roman Reigns will put the Usos on the tribal court. The tribal court that got yeah. big ratings on the yes. Raw 30, do it Love again it. with the Usos the first time they're going face-to-face yeah. since they lost the titles. That would have draw the same way this World Heavyweight Title Tournament Yes, uh, you could have done that. You could have had, hey, for the first time ever, Austin Theory is going to have a United States Open Challenge match uh, on the card. You know, here, here's our number two overall draft pick for Monday night. Bam, United States title match. Boom. You could put together a number. You want to do tournaments to determine number one contenders. How about figuring out who Roman Reigns challenger is going to be for, for Night of Champions and having a number one contenders match instead of taking your entire heavyweight division and putting it up against for the Raw title? There's so many things they could do. I think this was just low-hanging fruit, especially because one of the things I'm most excited about Monday Night Raw moving forward that world heavyweight title division is pretty damn stacked. I'm looking at those matches on Monday night, especially that first one where Priest, Nakamura, and Seth Rollins, I'm going, I, I don't want any of these guys to lose. You could put that belt on the shoulder of any of those guys, and I would be a very happy man, and it would be a great choice. Could almost say the same thing about the next one. You know, the I, I, I maybe would have picked, no disrespect, maybe would have picked somebody else other than Miz uh, to put in that match, but I mean, that, think? that roster is stacked. Somebody had to eat the pinfall. That roster is stacked. Uh, I love the World Heavyweight Title Division. Uh, whomever is coming out of SmackDown uh, is is going to probably, I would say, lose that match because I don't think the heavyweight division is as deep over on SmackDown, so it doesn't make sense for them to lose another superstar SP3. But let's go ahead and ask that question. Number two here on the five count of the six competitors who will be fighting it out to face Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. Who should be the one that should face Seth Rollins in Saudi Arabia? Kind of like with uh, Seth winning that first triple threat, it's going to be one triple threat that really is the one that really matters. Because once Seth won that triple threat, I was like, oh, it don't really matter who who wins the other one. He's going to win. So whoever wins AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio versus Edge, they're winning this, this SmackDown side of the tournament. Because it's really the the top two options is Edge and AJ Styles. AJ yeah. Styles, because he's going to have a great match with Seth Rollins, and that's a match that will draw the hardcore wrestling fans. But I think it is going to be the rated R superstar, Edge. It's going to be Edge. You can set up the whole story. Edge going after the championship. He had to retire, and 
He's looking for one more time. He can even bring up, oh, this I said last year I'm going to retire in Toronto and SmackDown's going to be in Toronto in August. So I only had three months to, to get the world title back one more time. This is my shot right here. Uh, MCAS saying, uh, whoop, wrong one. Austin Theory is uh, winning. M- uh, VKM in charge, baby. Seth is losing to Theory. That's good shit, pal. LOL. Uh, I'm guessing you're being slightly facetious here. Uh, I honestly don't understand Theory's involvement in this match whatsoever. Um, in this tournament, it guy's already United States champion. I think that should be just a focus because let's be honest, that's that's going to be your main cat. Moving forward, that's your main title on SmackDown as long as Roman is the WWE Universal Champion. Um, so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to have. Shouldn't you be starting Austin's first first feud? Because think about this, SB3. Night of Champions is only two weeks away. All the titles are supposed to be defended. Shouldn't you be starting his next feud at this point? Unless he's just going to face Bobby Lashley again. No, I think I think that he the triple threat with him, Bobby Lashley and Sheamus is going to set up Sheamus as the next challenger for mm-hmm. theory. I think we might get uh, Bobby Lashley advancing. So we have a battle of the spears between Edge and Bobby Lashley. Ooh, yeah, that would be good uh, for me. I think the slam dunk is it's got to be edge. I, I think it has to be edge. I don't even like the idea of theory moving on to to face Seth Rollins just for the fact that we just literally like saw that match like a month two, what two three months ago uh when they were fighting for the heck we saw it multiple times because that's the guy who seth feuded with when he had the united states championship um i know edge and and seth had the the trio of matches and they were all great wouldn't be my first choice to put those two back into the ring this early but just edge going after the world heavyweight championship the belt that he had when he had to retire just makes all the sense in the world and honestly I wouldn't be upset if he won the damn thing. Number three, brought it up earlier, SP3. Who the hell is fighting Roman Reigns? Does he have a clear-cut challenger at Night of Champions? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know what I just said. That Edge uh, is going to win the SmackDown side. But wouldn't it be funny if Paul Heyman negotiated himself and Roman Reigns, we get a three-way battle of the Spears in the semifinals where Edge and Bobby Lashley win their triple threats, and then Paul Heyman comes out and says, there is a third competitor in this semifinal match, and it is Roman Reigns. Because they already did the work to set up Roman versus Seth already on last week's Raw, so why not? Okay, um hate that idea uh (laughs) but you're right they did lay the groundwork for that they laid the groundwork for that um they've been laying the groundwork for the split between the usos but it hasn't happened yet which makes me think that it's it's not it's not going to happen in time for night of champions so i'm sitting here thinking okay roman's gonna win regardless because he's gonna get to a thousand days so if roman wins and he hangs on to the wwe universal championship why not just put on a fun interesting matchup and this is something that i joked about on twitter but the more that i thought about it i just keep thinking to myself why the hell not sp3 roman reigns defending the somehow still undisputed wwe universal championship against bad bunny let's effing go 
Why the hell not? Put Bad Bunny in that spot. I, I, I have some slight reservations about whether or not he could, you know, it's one thing to do a match with Damian Priest, somebody you're familiar with, somebody that, you know, you can do the bells and whistles of a street fight and all that good stuff uh, and come out and look great, which he did. Could he do it with Roman one-on-one? Maybe, possibly, I don't know. But I'm thinking back to LWO and Judgment Day in Puerto Rico. Why not just get that faction war going again between LWO and Bloodline? Chaos, just have fun with it and just say, screw it. Who else they got? I don't know how you get Bad Bunny the shot, but give Bad Bunny the shot. Sign me hey, you, you can make it simple. If Bad Bunny comes out on SmackDown, he's celebrating his win at Backlash, and Paul Heyman comes out, and it's like, well, bravo, sir, bravo. What a performance. Uh, but I am here because Roman Reigns was the biggest match as possible, and it doesn't get any bigger than versing the most streamed artist in the world, Bad Bunny. How about it, Bad Bunny? Realize your dream. Go for yes. your dream, sir, yes. and face Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Sign me up for it. Give me fun and interesting, even if it's going to be obvious that Roman Reigns is going to win. Just remember, people rolled their eyes at Roman Reigns and Logan Paul, and that match was a ball. But just don't go for the sliced bread number two again, Bad Bunny. <laughs> number four here on the uh, I've count here, SP3, and I know we got to speed things up here because uh, you got to get going. Um, last night, it appeared that the next challenger for Rhea Ripley is going to be Natalia. So we've gone from Zelina Vega to Natalia. And man, I'm telling you what, I'm looking at the landscape of Raw. I, I like a lot of the talent that's there, SP3, but as far as ready-made challengers for Rhea Ripley, in hindsight, are, are they lacking here a little bit? I'm sorry. You, you started talking about um the, these challengers for, uh, for Rhea Ripley. Uh, it's just like... Is Rhea Ripley a valued superstar? If this is all you had planned for her, that she's just going to spin her wheels with the challenger of the month that's obvious she's going to beat until she gets to Becky Lynch? Like, what are we doing? Was there a plan? Was there? That's why I said that it was a clear W for SmackDown that they won the woman's side of the draft because there's a lot more interesting options for Bianca Belair, who's been champion for a year, yeah. than, than it is for Rhea Ripley, who just became champion and had that star-studded show-stealing of a match against Charlotte Flair. It's like, give me something interesting. And I'm sorry, I think Natalia is greatly uh, you know, accomplished, greatly talented, and I know she's going to have a good match with Rhea Ripley, but she's not the most interesting challenger for Rhea Ripley, and that's an issue. And it's it's not even like a level of interest for me. It's just Natalia. I she's like the female Dolph Ziggler to me at this point. Like she is a valued veteran. She's gonna put on a great match. She's gonna put over the younger talent, but she's kind of reached the point in her career where we know they're not really gonna. She's not really a credible challenger to Rhea Ripley. They're not going to stud Rhea Ripley's title reign and put the belt on Natalia. So that's like, that's where the level of interest wanes for me is because this is too obvious uh, of an outcome. I like the talent that raw has. I think they have a bevy of talent, but they got to start putting some work in uh, to get some of these ladies over. And it's almost like they got to, I, I feel like they either have to really start ramping up Candice LeRae, 
and Indy Hartwell now that the way is back together, which I'm extremely uh, excited for. But who knows where Indy's foot is at right now, right? Convention. But I think they're gonna they're gonna be more for the the tag team team division, which is why I'm thinking. Do you take the tag team titles off of Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, and then boom, there's two babyface challengers? Because yeah, that's more interesting a challengers than anyone else they got. They, He's got history with both of them. I know, I know. They're Your just going to be like, they, they're probably every every other day. Triple H is on the phone like. Hey Rhonda, how's your shoulder doing? <laughs> how's your shoulder doing? We kind of need you to come. If you can do what you did at WrestleMania, where you only have to do one move, uh, could you do that so we can take these tag team titles off of Liv and Raquel? I'd almost say put them on Chelsea and and Sonya, to be completely honest with you. But I think that's the easiest route: is you take the tag team titles off of Liv and Raquel. Even though I like them as a team, that opens up Rhea to challenge Raquel. That opens up Rhea to, to revisit her her history with Liv, and then you can take the time to build up Candice and Indy and Piper and some of these other really t- and Zoe Stark. Even Zoe Stark had a hell of a debut. Uh, last night and I think she's going to do big things on Monday Night Raw I think that's the direction you go as much as I hate the fact that they will be hopscotching the tag team titles again number five here sp3 big fight night on dynamite tomorrow who you got Mox or Omega inside the cage firstly I just want to say Moxley and Omega is quite possibly the most important rivalry in AEW history. It started on AEW's very first show, AEW Double or Nothing 2019. It was the very first kind of singles rivalry that was created in AEW and through, you know, the Lights Out match at Full Gear, Omega taking the title from Moxley after his first reign in 2020, the uh, bar, uh, the barbed wire, exploding barbed wire death match, now the whole ongoing heated rivalry between the BCC and the elite it doesn't get any bigger than this as far as two guys that are like AEW through and through on TV inside of a steel cage and big match Kenny is back baby he's already had the match of the year I don't care how much you like Bad Bunny and Damian Priest (laughs) Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay was better he's had the best TV match of the year with him and Elio Del Vikingo earlier this year on Dynamite and he might try to top both of those with John Mox here but unfortunately i can't go with big match kenny i think that to for the story that they're telling the bcc needs to stand tall moxley needs to win and either we end the night with a bcc bloody beatdown of the entire elite that trapped inside the steel cage or we end the night with the cowboy coming out on his horse and making the save for hangman adam page oh i want to see it so bad now damn it you talk me into it yeah moxley's winning that i mean there's more that i could say but we're almost out of time so in fact we're we are out of time that's that's it i'm going with mox i'm going with mox interesting enough though our friends over at bet online here sp3 real quick we were talking about uh, double or nothing mjf one and 50 odds of retaining the AEW World Championship in the four pillars match. 98% chance you buying that. I, I would. I would. <laughs> I would make no money off of that. You ain't making I, any I, money off you that. You ain't making no money off of that. Damn. I mean, Damn. I'm putting five bucks down on Darby Allen. I mean, that's. That's going to pay out big time for that. Yeah, yeah. That'll pay out big time. He get a near fall. You probably make money. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, that match is going to slap. But 
Yeah, it does seem like a bit of a foregone conclusion. That no MJ mystery. There's been no, no mystery with the first two title defenses on pay-per-view for MJF. The first one was a match of the year, Canada yeah. with Brian Danielson. Sure. And I'm sure this one, after that tag team match, which was great, uh, this one will probably be a match of the year, Canada. And also, I will say, I didn't get to talk about it earlier, Seth Rollins and, and Finn Balor had an absolute banger. That was an excellent main event matchup, and I love the reversal of the roles from SummerSlam 2016. I love the inverted stomp into the stomp. And by the way, speaking of stomps, the the super stomp on Omos at Backlash. Great. Omos's best match. Omos's oh. best match. Omos, Omos for, for how many people were upset about him and Brock, he's he's delivered what he needed to deliver in these yeah. two big matches as of late. He needs some wins yes, for does. sure, but he has delivered what he needed to deliver. Yeah, he's a spectacle, but he's now lost the last four of his big matches. Yeah. To, dating back to, to Strowman and Lashley and Brock and now to Seth. Yeah, it's time for them. He's a spectacle, and you can use him in these big moments, and it works. And he is getting better. He is getting better. But yeah, he needs some he needs some wins, or he's going to be entering great Kali territory. SP3, what you got going on on the True Heel Heat YouTube channel this week? Uh, check me out, True Hill SP3, True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We got our review of WWE Backlash that is up right now. Check it out. We talked all about it. Check out the flagship podcast, True Hill Heat 224 from this past Saturday. And coming up this week, we got an exclusive interview with Impact Wrestling's own former Impact World Champion, Sammy Callahan. So check nice. that out. True Hill Heat nice. Very, 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 very nice. And, and as always, just want to let everybody know, just remember. Jordan Pool, Swimming Pool, Deadpool, Lakers in five. <laughs> uh, real quick, Frantic World saying, I feel bad for Dana Brooke not getting love from the fans last night. She didn't get any love from the booking either. She said she's going to go out there and untap her potential. And Rhea Ripley just batted her away like a mosquito last night. Lost in a minute and a half, ladies oh. and gentlemen. That oh. was showing her potential. My goodness. Uh, by the way, guys, follow me here on the, the Twitter machine at Rick Uchino for those listening. And congrats to Rick, the newest member of FIFO, getting that, getting that spot on AEW Collision. Well-deserved for Thank this you. man. This man works hard for what we do here. He works hard over on Expert Deleted YouTube channel, <laughs> and he is going to be working hard. So check it out. AEW Collision post-show coming up this June. Rick leading the charge. Uh, it's very talented individual. Uh, Iridan, I think that's the that's Liam. how I pronounce. I have to double check with her. I want to make sure I pronounce that correctly. Pr pronounce her name. Very talented. Radio background and Cresta Star is one of my favorites. One of the best co-hosts that we've had on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Definitely going to have Rick in stitches. If he doesn't laugh enough here, he's going to be <laughs> laughing with Cresta. So check it out, guys. Oh, good. Maybe that'll help me drop a few pounds uh, before I get on the air. Yes, I'm. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much to Sean Rossap and everybody over there for uh, welcoming uh, me with open arms. Uh, the amount of support that I've gotten from people who have reached out since Sean made the uh, announcement today has been a bit overwhelming and it's put me in a very jovial mood and I'm going to go enjoy the rest of my afternoon. SP3, thank you so much as always. I wish we had more time to get into uh, everybody in the chat and yes, thank you so much uh, for again all the support out there. I wish we had more time for your comments. I wish I had more time to dive deep into everything but it's only a 45 minute podcast guys and we've already done 50 minutes. SP3's got to get to work. Take care. This has been the Believer yeah. Wrestling Impossible. Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by Bet Online. Enjoy your Tuesday, folks. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.